Welcome to the India Fintech Diaries, the only podcast focused exclusively on the Indian fintech market. I'm Elroy. And I'm Heman. In each episode, we dive into the latest trends, ideas, innovations, business models, and personalities that are shaping India's fintech landscape. We also invite amazing guests who are innovators and industry players that are driving the change that is helping make financial services more modern, innovative, and inclusive in India. Come join us as we explore the changing landscape of fintech in India. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of India Fintech Diaries. I'm your co-host, Hemant, and this is our show where we discuss the latest trends in Indian fintech and speak to some amazing guests from the industry and dive deep into specific fintech themes. And I'm your co-host, Elroy. Last week, we announced a brand new theme called Fintech for Bharat that looks at how fintech is aiming to be more inclusive in India. As per the 2011 census, India is home to a mind-boggling 121 languages, with uh, 22 of these being recognized official languages. With such a vast variety of languages, how do fintechs effectively reach the masses in India? To answer this question and throw some light on the problem, we have a very special guest on the show today. I am pleased to welcome Arvind Pani, co-founder and CEO of Reverie Language Technologies, to the show. Welcome to India Fintech Diaries, Arvind. Thank you, Elroy. Thank you, Hemant. It's my pleasure to be here. Arvind, I'm intrigued by the name Reverie. It's uh, quite an unusual name for a fintech. Talk to us a little about yourself and how uh, Reverie came to be. <laughs> yeah, sure. So just a clarification that we are uh, we are a language technology company and uh, our uh, the technologies have application in fintech and they have application in other domains as well. Uh, but the name is, uh, uh, you are right, so the, the name is unusual. And there is actually no big story behind it. When we were brainstorming about this, uh, about what to name, one of the friends came up with this name of uh, Reverie and we liked it. And that is how we uh, started. So just a quick introduction about myself and uh, the background to how we started. Uh, I am one of the founders of uh, Reverie. There are two others, other founders who joined me in starting this. We started Reverie Language Technologies uh, way back in 2009, November. So it's been 11 years since we have been in this uh, journey. And it's quite interesting that today uh, people are actually talking about inclusion and it's quite heartening to see that languages is very much at the heart of the inclusion discussions that are happening today. But back then in 2009, that was not the case. The only digital medium which was there or the digital channel mobile was primarily used for uh, for voice communication. And the only other thing that was available was uh, SMS. Okay. But even at that okay. time, in 2009, we were starting to see two trends. One was mobile phone was no more niche. It was starting to get into the hands of the masses. That was trend one that we saw. The second trend that we saw at that time was smartphones were just about kind of coming into being. For example, uh, uh, Apple had its first version of iPhone. Android had its first version of commercial version of uh, operating system, which was uh, Gingerbread. Gingerbread, in fact, came in the year 2011. So they had the first version, which was uh, Froyo. So we noticed that uh, even simple text communication, like through SMS and all, it was not possible in local languages. And even if there were very few mobile phones, even if they supported typing text in local languages, 
the recipient's phone did not necessarily have the uh, ability to uh, display those texts in Indian languages. So we realized that if we, uh, if mobile phones have to get into the hands of masses and it has to be inclusive, then there is no way Indian languages could be left out. So that is what we started with. We started building display and input capabilities for mobile phones, the operating systems, various operating systems. In fact, we were the first company in the world way back in 2011 to support all Indian languages on Android through our partnership with uh, Qualcomm. And it is not just for Indian languages. We actually have supported about uh, 35 languages on Android on all the Qualcomm reference design phones that, that came into the market at that time. And those included Indian languages and also several South Asian languages. So that's how we started. And then uh, after a certain point when mobile phones, government of India also mandated about three, three, four years back that anybody who is doing business in India, mobile uh, manufacturers, mobile brands, they need to have support for at least the 22 official languages display capability for those and input capabilities for three languages, English, Hindi, and the regional language, the region in which the phone is uh, selling. Right. So after that, we, we started building our capabilities in, uh, into uh, once the infrastructure, which is your display and input capabilities are there, then what different we could do on, on building the language experience itself when uh, users start engaging through, through, through various things. So for government services, for banking services, right, any kind of digital services, how they can use that seamlessly in their languages. So that's how we have expanded what we started with into really uh, focusing on how various aspects of user engagement can be available in Indian languages. That's a very fascinating introduction, Arvind. Uh, switching gears a little, let's talk about the problem. Now, today, if I look at it, uh, 9 out of 10 Indians on the internet are non-English speakers, and this number is only growing. And this is a very recent survey that Google did that also indicated that almost 90% of new internet users today consume content in regional languages. But if I actually look at digital banking today, I, I think I'll be hard-pressed to even find a single bank that has a very good example of Indian language support within their banking interfaces. So why is this and what's really stopping uh, financial services from providing good inclusive interfaces in Indian languages? I will actually address this at a little broader level. Now, uh, sometimes uh, what we are discovering right now that 9 out of 10 people prefer Indian languages, these are actually not new things. These are some of the things. So which means what I'm trying to say here is that the demand for Indian languages has always been there. It is not that the demand is new on the internet. I will tell you why I'm, I'm telling this. If you take any media, see, and I will also connect it back to our vision. Our vision is to have language equality on internet in India. Now, what I mean by equality, that's where real the problem lies. You take any conventional media before internet. You take print, you take radio, you take television, you take cinemas. Right. If you take all of this media, in all of this media, without exception, more than 90% of the engagement actually happens in Indian languages, not in English. The reason Correct. for that is the users in Indian languages, 
they do not have to do anything different to be able to engage in their content compared to what the english language users have to do it is as intuitive it is as simple say for example if i need to subscribe to i am from odisha if i need to subscribe to uh, odia newspaper right i can go to my newspaper vendor and say that you are uh, you can give me an english edition and you can give me an odia edition that's all i need to do as easy as that if i need to watch a uh, odia channel on television i just need to flip and uh, from let's say if i'm watching english from there i need to switch to odia i can do that and but that is not the case when we are talking about internet unfortunately what has happened is our internet itself got built for niche audience it got built for english users right so that is where the there are two barriers that we are really creating for the users indian language users first and foremost most of these users they are new to technology itself so when i say technology that means let's say a touch based device how to navigate how to use it that is one barrier the second barrier is that when that entire navigation is in english language then it's very difficult for someone to really figure out how to use it so the learning curve the curve to adapt and get there is massive so one problem is that we never actually focused on how digital digital channels in india ground up in terms of their experience can be designed for indian language users they are unfortunately designed for english language users right and then the second thing is that the decision makers and influencers who are there who take decisions they are all english speaking so whatever they perceive as problems about the indian language users are only their assumptions they are more often than not they are not reality the reason i'm saying is that they have not lived those problems day in and day out right and the 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 result is really stark if you look at the growth of internet in india and china started happening around the same time okay and the choice in front of both india and china were the same content first got created in english language so even for china the choice was that whether we start accepting the internet in english and then adapt it for chinese language or we say no we are not going to accept the internet in english we will build our own internet in our language which is the path that china took right the path that india took was we actually built the internet for english users and now we are trying to adapt to indian language users so fundamentally this is where the major barrier that is uh, that's that's really coming arvind those are some really good insights i think one of the one of the key takeaways from uh, from your description right now of uh, the problem is the fact that uh, we've been designing things to be english first uh, i just want to understand from your experience what are some of the unconscious design biases uh, you start seeing in user interfaces when the design is english first rather than being uh, some other indian language first okay i will give you uh, what i will do is i'll try to draw analogy from the physical world to the digital that will probably make it very simple to understand right now uh, in india we say atithi devo bhava that means our guests are our god we, we we treat guests to be divine if they are at our doorstep then we do everything that's possible to make them feel very welcome okay 
Now let's translate that into say in branch banking. What happens in, in, in branch banking? In branch banking, there is there is nothing written that you can enter the branch only if you know English. Right? So language is not a barrier there. I can walk if I'm in Bhubaneshwar, I can walk, I'm from Odisha, I can in Bhubaneshwar, I can walk into the branch of my bank and actually I can start talking in Odia. And my relationship manager will understand Odia. I can mention all my requirements, whatever I need, whether it is, uh, say, check deposit, whether it is uh, funds transfer, my statement, everything that I need to communicate and get would be in my language. Now, let's try to see what has happened in digital. Okay, There is a one, one big initiative that has happened is India has tried to uh, uh, link every citizen through their Aadhaar identity. Okay. And now it, it's a huge success where there are more than 1 billion people who have Aadhaar card today. Couple of years back, two or three years back, there was an initiative to really uh, link the PAN card to Aadhaar. And there are multiple messages that have come to us to link that. I have not seen one message coming to any user in a language other than English. Every single message was in English. The entire linking process of Aadhaar and PAN card was in English, right? Then demonetization happened. The demonetization forms were all in English, okay? Today, if we go to, these are a couple of examples that I give. Then today, if we go to, let's say, if we go to our uh, internet banking or mobile banking and we look at what are the things that we can do over there, okay? Now, if I look at my mobile banking screen, it says view account summary, Right, pay list, transfer funds, uh, generate ATM pin, bill payment, credit card payment, all of these things are there in English language. Now tell me if today someone has to do mobile banking or internet banking, how are they going to navigate through this barrier? So you can clearly see that the experience level of what we are talking about in, 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 in branch banking is very different from the experience level that the banks are delivering today in internet banking or digital banking. That is the reason why to, even today about 55% of the customers are very uncomfortable using any of the digital channels and they prefer to go to the branches to do their banking. This is also one of the reasons why we are seeing huge amount of online fraud because there is no awareness. The awareness, all the information that is supposed to create awareness, they are in English. So because of this lack of awareness, people do not know how to use digital properly. So most of the fraud that happens are in the category of these vulnerable people who don't understand English and therefore are not aware of how to secure themselves from these kind of frauds. So to just summarize, our thinking has not really been about delivering a total totality of experience. Okay which we does not rely on English at all. And how can we replicate the same experience? How can we uh, make the customers feel as welcome as they feel in, uh, in the in, in branch banking experience? Understood, Arvind. And Arvind and Elroy, thanks to both of you. Now that you have really laid it out of the different barriers and the specific problem statement that we have, Arvind, now I would like to bring it back and link it to the work that Reverie is doing. So if you can help us understand that now we clearly understand this is the problem statement and this is the vision that 
that Reverie has. Uh, how are you working towards it? What are the different solutions or use cases that you're working upon to really attack this problem at the base? Yeah, sure, Heman. So uh, what I will do is uh, I will tell about what the solutions are and how uh, they can be applied to, say, uh, uh, banking. At the same time, I will also outline how we can think about this at a level of experience. See, one challenge today that's happening is that we are looking at solving this problem in bits and pieces and we are looking at technology, right? It's not a technology problem alone to solve. It is a user engagement problem to solve. So let me first tackle what I mean by that and how, what perspective as a technology company we have taken to this. Now, even though we are a language technology company, we understand that the fundamental problem that needs to be solved is of engagement experience in Indian languages. So the approach that we have adopted is that we would like to address every single aspect of users' digital journey, which they are able to do today in English language very comfortably, seamlessly. They should be able to do the same thing in Indian languages. What that means is that the process of customer acquisition, right? Today, if it is in English language, the same process can be followed in Indian languages without having any dependency on English language. Now, once a business has acquired a customer, let's say a bank has acquired a customer, all the transaction messages, statements, promotions, information related to awareness, all of those things can be in, in local languages, right? So that's what we mean by totality of the experience. Now, one fundamental thing that the banks can really do is that to capture what is the preferred language of communication of the user. It's not very difficult. I think we have not made an attempt. What is the reason that every time we make a call to customer care, that we have to go through the same menu, that one for English, two for Hindi, three for this, four for that, that's not required. Now, once as a user, if, if my language is Odia and it is recorded by my bank that I prefer my communication in Odia language. So every time I make a call to the customer care, automatically I get to speak with someone who knows Odia. The IVR starts speaking to me in Odia language, right? If I do uh, an ATM transaction, then messages come to me in Odia language. The statements that come to me every month in my email, that, that can come to me in Odia language, right? My and if I if I if I if I download my application from the bank and I register, then my entire UI should be in Odia language. So these are the some of the things that I'm talking about that will give totality of experience. And I would really urge all the decision makers to think along the lines of one, how do you completely eliminate a dependency on English? And second, how do you deliver totality of the experience? Now, what I mean by that is if a user is having to think about language while using a specific service, language in the sense, the problem of language and how to solve it, then obviously the experience is not great. And going back to the earlier example that I, I, that I gave, when we are watching TV, we are not thinking about how do I solve the problem of viewing my channel in my language. Okay. It is seamless. It is second nature. It is intuitive. We know how to do it. That is how the decision makers need to think that how the entire engagement experience can be that seamless the way it is for English language users. 
understood and arvin said as a bank now i have understood the way i need to approach the entire engagement or user experience of my customer and i am convinced and i want to do it now the question i have seen a lot of banks face and not only banks but other financial services face is i have multiple customer touch points right i have smss i have my website i have my ivr i have my documents i have my paper forms in fact the, the physical forms and i want to give that experience all that experience in say a, a language or indian language to my customers now from implementation point of view how does revery help a bank attack this problem when when you are looking up about this uh, touch points that you can actually break it down into two one is that what are the kind of what are the kind of nature of content that are there right for example your website needs website has got content informative content your app has got informative content and also for transactions right now how do i focus on having all my content which are there which are either informative content or transactional content including your smss and statements be available in local languages and revery has got the technologies to be able to handle both static as well as dynamic content revery has got technologies to publish websites in multiple languages so content becomes one piece of it right whenever a content is generated and that needs to be disseminated to the uh, consumer that needs to be available in local language that's one side of it the second one is really how do you how do you enable multiple uh, uh, channels of communication for the user in local language so if a user wants to have a text based communication let's say uh, maybe a bot where uh, text communication is there how that can be in local language now if a user is more comfortable engaging in a voice channel right then how do you deploy voice technologies there how could be your entire customer service your idr response be in uh, in local languages where voice will uh, will support that now and the third aspect of it is that when a customer continues to engage with the bank right now at every touch point where an interaction between the customer and the bank that happens there is a need for interpreting what the customer really wants let's say a customer says that i want a new checkbook and this is something mujhe naya checkbook chahiye okay this is what is a query whether it is through text or through voice and at the back end it is technology which is supposed to interpret this and fulfill the customer's requirement right so the ability to understand the language in which the customer is speaking and translate that back into how technology can understand and therefore responding appropriately to fulfill the requirements of customer so these are the three aspects of delivering the totality of user experience summarizing one how can content every every aspect of content be available in local language whether it is static or dynamic second is how can be the interactive touch points with my customer whether it is through text or through voice be available in local languages third is that how do i continue to interpret what the customer wants and respond appropriately in local languages so if we are addressing these three aspects uh, every single aspect of the user's digital journey will fall under one or more of these three categories that's how i would like to uh, suggest that this problem needs to be looked at understood and arvin forgive my ignorance if the question is incorrect but the second question i have is 
when I have so many channels and in some cases I may have an existing vendor in place, right? For example, you talked about chatbot and I may have a chatbot which may not support say a regional language and I have other contents as well. So that's one part. And the second part is because I have so many platforms and so much content gets created and say I start offering support in 14 or 15 Indian languages ensuring that the content across all those languages is consistent considering it is a regulated environment for financial services right any any mismatch between two different content could be problematic so how does that problem get solved so very good question uh, this is and uh, again technology will have a play here now to be able to maintain we have a platform which is content publishing platform for websites which is called anuada and that ensures that there is integrity of content because we are assuming that the source content will always be in english and then that eventually will get created in other languages right so when whenever anuvada ensures that whenever there is a change to the source content in english language downstream changes are also uh, also applied to other languages so that is one aspect of maintaining the integrity of it second one is how do we ensure that the these kind of content which have got uh, which have got regulatory compliance as well how are those uh, uh, met properly now th- that is actually a process question now uh, if we have certain content we can we can put a process where once uh, once there is a change to content or a new content that has been published for english language that will automatically trigger an action that is required for other languages right and whether that is immediate if it is not say a regulatory compliant kind of a content then the timeline for getting that comp- uh, content up and uh, running for in other languages could be shorter if there is a there is a k- kind of a check that needs to be done then we can include that process that may increase the uh, say uh, time to make that content up and running a little bit so we also have a platform where there are manual verifications that are required and this platform is also backed by our our technology of this platform is called uh, pravanda where if there are any kind of content that requires any manual verification it can go through that and and then after that after the verification it will get published so it is not a very big uh, challenge again in this we i i would like to really the bank the banking decision makers to really think about the fact that what would we do if we did not have english customers at all would we not address the other customers if we would do that then there are definitely ways in which we can do that okay and english is a relatively new language in india and english came into india when britishers started ruling us they introduced the system of english education so that they could effectively rule us but that does not mean that the system that british designed that was effective to rule us is still the effective design for independent india so if we had information available to us in our languages before english was introduced to us by british why can't information be available to us now in our languages we just have to make that start it's not that complicated a, a problem to solve makes sense makes sense and uh, arvind uh, if say a, a bank or a financial institutions wants to avail uh, these services from reverie what are the different cost levers or cost elements uh, which will come into picture when they decide to partner with reverie so uh, apart from cost there is another uh, a factor which i will also mention see uh, first and foremost these are all usage based okay and uh, 
if the usages are low then obviously the cost would be uh, low and as usages increase the cost will increase this is a typical usage based model for everything that we are providing so con for content for uh, for voice right any service that we have that uh, we are providing any product that we have that is saas based we have uh, that kind of a model the other important aspect especially for banks where uh, security and data confidentiality is of paramount importance we have seen that banks prefer to have these deployments uh, within their infrastructure right and that is also a, a mode in which we make our products available to entities where data security and privacy is is kind of of utmost utmost importance and they don't want data to be exposed to public clouds uh, one last question arvin from my side what is the best anecdotal story that you have of the impact of this indian language implementation that you have seen across your implementation <laughs> i will actually take the one which is uh, very recent and uh, it's it's kind of an eye opener see when uh, last year this coronavirus pandemic happened it was essential for uh, information to reach the nook and corner in their languages so at that time nobody even thought that in india we could reach out to everyone in uh, just in english or for that matter just in one language so there are couple of initiatives where every has contributed with massive impact one is uh, initially when when uh, our prime minister's messages were there in hindi languages we used our technologies to really have those messages uh, available over voice so in eight nine other languages and these were very widely circulated including in indian army and those were kind of very effective the second initiative was uh, around telemedicine telemedicine helpline because something like this had never happened and uh, it was new people were confused there were information that were uh, required so telemedicine helpline uh, were set up in several states and the process that was being adopted was that for telemedicine helpline the ivr recording uh, a normal manual process would be that you record uh, a voice over artist would really record those in a studio and uh, then it is made up and running for uh, ivr telemedicine helpline now for a very small script ivr script it used to take between 72 to 96 hours to really make that up and running and uh, having time was luxury time we just could not afford to have so much time so using our technology where we generated this voice over both in male as well as female voices and those were as natural sounding as uh, a human voice and we made this ivr ready and we reduced the time from 72 to 96 hours to really 3 to 4 hours 4 hours we used to make all of these ivr scripts ready within 3 to 4 hours and uh, that has been deployed in i think at least uh, 9 or 10 states excellent arvin it's been great talking with you today so let's say audience wants to get in touch with you to learn more about uh, revery what's the best way to do this uh, i can give my email id my email id is arvind.pani@reveryinc.com a r v i n d . p a n i @r e v e r i e i n c.com so this is my email id and uh, our website is also there and people are most welcome to write to me directly Excellent Arvind we'll definitely add those details in the show notes of this episode 
That's it from India Fintech Diaries this week. Do visit our website, indiafintechdiaries.com for show notes, episode archives, and exclusive content. Thank you for listening and until next time, stay safe.